Hello, this is ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. We have a special edition of Powerhouse Politics. During the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, I caught up with Sam Nunberg. Nunberg was the very first paid political staffer for Donald Trump in advance of his campaign. He was there at the beginning. And then he got fired and now is being sued by Donald Trump for $10 million after a very public falling out. He tells me... He's voting for Trump. Here's our interview. So I remember I was with you in 2013. So we're talking three years ago in Iowa when I went out to interview Donald Trump at a, at a family leader event. I got criticized. Like, why are you taking that guy seriously? This is just... But you were there and you, you told me that... He's serious about it. Right, he was. Well, first of all, let's back up a little. In 2012, frankly, it started out as a little publicity, but it started. he also was interested in it, and he's always genuinely been interested in running. Um, he was older in his life, but his children were four years younger, and he was in the middle of deals, Trump Doral, the old post office, which they knew for a long time they were going to get, where you interviewed him too, by the way. And um, the, the numbers caught on, and there was a following for him. Uh, he spoke with Mitt Romney, and he genuinely thought Mitt Romney was going to win. And he genuinely, uh, I don't think he was ready so far. And we weren't ready to go for, you know, to basically roll out a campaign. We just weren't, for the infrastructure-wise. What happened was, um, after Romney lost, one of the things I had always talked about him with is I said, look, we'll, we'll figure this out. We can make this work out. Um, they're going to be writing about you 100 years from now. I was actually I was talking to him about the Mad Men because, remember, uh, Hilton is in Mad Men. Don Draper worked for him. And I'm like, from the point of view of, like, it's going to be cool. Think about it. Like, 100 years from now or 50 years from now, you'll be in things. And, and you know what? They're never going to say you didn't do it. They're never going to say you were perennial tease. And one of the things we always had, even when he was, we hired people, we started staffing, he was making all these trips in early 2015. Nobody believed it. I mean, it's a no, funny no, nobody believed it at all, and I, I was I was deeply skeptical. Full disclosure, but but I got to ask you, you so you were there really at the beginning of this whole effort. Mm-hmm. You you were fired at least how many times? Three. You've been fired three times. Right. Okay, and now, now and, and and now and now Donald Trump is suing you for ten million dollars. Are you ready to pay up? Yes. Well, well, no, I'm not. Now, obviously, I can't, I can't talk about pending litigation. What I will say is that I'm sure this will eventually be resolved amicably. Look, we had a pretty bad falling out. Why this lawsuit now? I mean, it, just, it seemed so strange. Just as he's getting ready to accept his, you know, the nomination of the Republican Party, that he, through this, this incredible, like, yeah. unbelievable effort, and he takes time to sue a former staffer. For millions of dollars. Well, the lawsuit was originally an arbitration. Uh, it was originally an arbitration. And what I'm actually is in court right now, New York Civil, uh, Civil County Court, is to get a stay of arbitration, meaning you want to sue me, you can sue me in arbitration. You can't sue, I mean, excuse me, you can sue me in court. Everything will be public. None of it will be sealed. And you can't put me in arbitration where you're just going to bankrupt me, basically. And um, so that's what we're doing right now. Look, I think it, um, there was a New York Post page six story that came out. You used to work for the Post. Right. This is about the fight between Corey Lewandowski and Hope Hicks that took place out on Fifth Avenue. Other people. I wasn't there, and I didn't talk to the Post. Um, there was but, a sh- but can I understand why? How could you be sued over that? You were no longer working for the campaign. The, the last time you got fired was, was months ago. When, I mean, we're- August uh, 2nd of 2015. Okay, so so how 
are you still bound by a non-disclosure agreement? This is Mr. Trump just being Mr. Trump. He's more, I, I, look, I can't speak for him. If I had to guess, very insulted I endorsed Ted Cruz during the primary. So, so Corey Lewandowski has been fired. Uh, I know you're not a big fan. No. Um, Here's what I will say about Corey. Here's what I will say. Corey, look, I'm not, I could have, I don't, uh, Mr. Trump talked about me being campaign manager, and I never, and, and because of the way I work for clients and I do my fiduciary duty as a lawyer, I said I would be a terrible campaign manager. I do messaging, strat, you know what I mean? That's what I do. And I developed that messaging, by the way. Yeah. Um, we need someone who can build out a campaign. And we've inter well, first we tried to hire Jeff Rowe, who had already signed with Ted Cruz, but I know Jeff, he's a very good friend of mine, but forget that, he's a professional, and I knew that what Jeff would want to do, what to build, and their campaign did fantastic, by the way. You know, they raised 93 million, they won 8 million votes, which was the most. Oh, Jeff Rowe did an amazing job okay, over there. So what happened was we had to build somebody to build out an infrastructure, which Corey knew how to do, and Corey also developed a plan with Mr. Trump to do it in piecemeal. Now, when, when Corey showed up at Trump Tower back in, what was it, January of 2015? Right. Uh, you were the one that actually greeted him in the lobby of Trump Tower. Isn't that right? That's, that's what I've heard. That's right. David Bossy had recommended him. Yeah. Um, I was pushing to hire Greg Keller, but it was also my, do you know what I mean, my responsibility. Yeah. Corey looked, Corey had the credentials to get into the door. Mr. Trump hired him. Um, we And you were there at that first meeting? Yes. And I actually said, look, I said, look, I said, first of all, Mr. Trump, I prefer Greg Keller. This guy, you, this guy would be good for a bunch of reasons. And he was good. He was good for New Hampshire. He was good at building out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, look, I, I don't like him, but I will, I will give him credit where credit's due. What do you, what's he doing now? I mean, you know, we, we had, uh, you know, he's obviously a CNN consultant. He's been fired. Uh, and, and he was in the, in the wake of this Melania Trump uh, speech uh, controversy. He was basically saying that Manafort should be fired. What, what's Corey Lewandowski doing? There is, I, I think, you know, there's two camps or there were two camps there. Barry Bennett also said that uh, Manafort, Mr. Manafort, Paul should be fired. Um, it's more, you know what it is. I mean, I don't have to say it's intramural uh, fighting in public. Everybody, by the way, here's one thing I will say. They, the Clinton campaign, as opposed to 2008, there's, it's like no drama Obama there. But people love this stuff. And, I, and at the, Donald loves it, too, I am sure, because guess what? We're talking about it right now. Is right? there any chance that Corey Lewandowski comes back to the campaign? I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't know. Look, I've heard... What's your, what's your guess on this? I mean, he's... No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't think so. It's just because... I, I, look, I, I can't talk about details within there from what I have. Right. I just can't. That is under my NDA. But I don't think so. And it's just because of the people who don't want him there. Okay? Um, I, you know, I heard he, I, I've heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is true. I've heard it. He was colluding with Chris Christie to try to get Christie the VP, even after Pence flew to New York. And Christie was going to bring him in as chief of staff. Now, that could be true. I mean, it wouldn't, you know, I'm not a big Chris Christie fan, by the way. So that could be true. Um, but, look, it's very difficult when you leave that place. Donald... But part of the reason I said this to McKay Compton's is, you know, I, I loved him like an uncle. I was dedicated. So I took a lot from him. I wouldn't take from anybody else. I was underpaid, maybe undervalued, very well, very underpaid. But he's generous in a lot of other ways. And he was very good to me. And I look back at the time now, and it was an important time in my life. And look, one of the worst things for me was being fired in that August, as you know, because I worked on this stuff and just watching it work that yeah. fall. Yeah. It was terrible, man. I couldn't get out of bed. 
I couldn't even read books. Because you were you there, know? you were there at the beginning. I mean, I was there with you in 2013 yeah, in Iowa. I was there with you. Uh, it's very funny because the week before that, you had interviewed Ted Cruz and talked yeah. about his uh, he's not his American citizen being born in Canada. Yeah, and remember that was the first time uh, Mr. Trump talked about it. We knew you were going to ask him, but Mr. and we had talked on the plane about it. And that was his answer about it, too. Well, they're always his answers. I mean, he said, what do you think I should say? And he said, why do I have to defend him? And then it became such an issue. Unbelievable. In the end, yeah. Um, so, so, but, but you, you were there. There was nobody else on the political team, really. I mean, Roger Stone, Roger Stone. Had, had, had been advising him, obviously. Was, and, and, yeah. and you worked with Roger we Stone. Talked, well, first of all, Michael Cohn Michael was very Cohn. helpful all the time. Rona Graf in the office was very helpful. Meredith McIver, yeah. extremely helpful. We, um, I used to send him daily briefings. I used to set up calls with him, with people. Um, when I, did you think he was actually going to run for president? Uh, when we came back from that plane ride. From, from, from the 2013 yeah, trip to Iowa? Day. Yeah, we were flying with David Bossy, and we came back, and, and, um, and that was when he said, I want you to come in full-time for me, late 2014. Now, Mr. Trump, he will tell you publicly, he's a very, oh, I don't know, I don't want to say, he likes to hold his money, so... To bring me in full-time and pay me more, I knew he was at least very serious about it. And look, I had always said to him, there's not a pathway, there isn't. But people didn't realize a couple things, the, the advantages he was going to have. There were two ideas. The first idea was just get in the last day possible, a la Nixon in 68. Take the helicopter the way Cuomo had it waiting in uh, right. 88. Fly to New Hampshire, file. Can you imagine? That would be historic, right? You're in, get big bump, and you go in. And we could still have these people hired. The other way was mid-June, which he liked, two days after his birthday. And here are a couple reasons why. One, the large field helped us. Why? He needed a lower percentage to be number one. Right. Number At 15%, he could have been the front runner, and he, got, and he ended up being 25 30%. Right. Yeah. So that was the first reason. Yeah. The second reason was the other camp, first of all, we knew they were never going to take us seriously. We knew that. And that's like Sun Tzu. It was the weakness of them not to take us seriously. And he could have lost that primary. Ted Cruz, by the way, their campaign took us seriously. Well, not really. I mean, no, nobody, nobody attacked you. Uh, nobody attacked. I mean, you were no longer with the campaign, but nobody, nobody attacked Donald Trump until, until it was too late. Or the, or the ones that tried to attack us. It was, it was out of desperation. Yeah, Rick Perry on his way out. Jindal, Jindal on. I mean, you know, but, but, but none of the, you know, it, it, you know, Jeb Bush was. Jeb Bush was the perfect foil. Now, when you interviewed Mr. Trump in the OPO. One, you said, I don't think you're going to run. Yeah. But we tested out another line. Yeah. The last thing we need is another Bush. First time he ever said it publicly, John. Was that interview I did with him in the old post? Correct. Office. Now, why was that? That was also the perfect reason. That was 2014, right? Or was it 15? It was, it was, the, it was late 2000. Too late, late 2014. Oh, four, I, I, he was speaking at the D.C. Economic yeah. Club. Yeah. And, we, and we, we came in earlier for you. Yeah. Um, and he loved it. I, I love that, by the way. I always remember that. I wish I had the picture of you guys walking up the staircase. And the funniest thing about him, you know, when he interviewed him, is that he knows what to do. He's like, okay. He's basically telling you, okay, let's walk up the staircase yeah. now. <laughs> it was great because we did it on the construction site of the he old post office. He a lot, too, because when you reported that uh, uh, Presley and Michael Jackson were staying in Trump Tower, <laughs> you know, when you told him about it, he knew about it anyway. And then one day when I came to his office, he pulled it out. That's funny. That's you know, funny. um... And also, Michael liked you a lot, too. Michael Cohn likes you a lot. So, um, but we test. So, let's go back. So, there's a couple of reasons. Now, remember, first thing is 2012. For better or worse, I don't know. People feel Mitt Romney played it too safe at the end, you know? And he probably did, and I'll tell you why. Because as he won nine out of ten things, except he won favorability, 
Well, we, if somebody, if Barack Obama's favorability is so high, then guess what you have to do? Destroy him, right? right? The same way they destroy Mitt Romney's business record. Okay, so they feel dejected. Now, I personally think Mitt Romney would have been the best nominee that time because I don't know who else, Newt Gingrich or Rick Santorum. I don't necessarily think they would be good enough nominees. But he lost. We have 2014, uh, another wave election. And the Republicans did promise to defund Obamacare, to stop this amnesty, and they don't do anything, and it's a frustration. So Donald can be the perfect critic, and he can be a Rorschach. You know, Barack Obama said, I'm the, I'm the Rorschach, I'm like a Rorschach tester, and so could Donald, and that's what people did. He was very, and you know. So, so let me ask you, because we, we don't have, have much more sure. time, but, but I want to ask you, and you know, you, again, you were there at the beginning. Right. You had that very worried that week before too. I've never seen him like that, and it took a lot of. Let's get John. Let's give him a lot of credit where credits due. Besides the fact that you got, you know, he was going to be lampooned and not taken seriously. It takes a lot of guts to go down that escalator, and he did it his way too. You know, it takes a lot of guts, and and he's here now. Um, But yeah. So, what? As somebody who spent so much time around him. What, what would he actually be like as president? Here's what he, I think that he would be the kind of president where he'd be an executive chairman type. You know, he would get into the details on, you know, national security and the economics. You know, that's what he's interested in. It's his wheelhouse and the negotiations, state, statecraft, everything. Um, he'd be an overbroad, you know, he'd, uh, but he, I don't think he'd be into the details. He doesn't have to be. And I think that he would. Um, be able to get a lot of, de- as he says, get deals done. I don't necessarily, I'm very conservative, so I don't know what that means necessarily, but if that's good or not. Um, and I think I think that he would be able to uh, really change the direction of the malaise in a lot of you know this country. I, I've seen him in these business meetings. I've seen him in discussions on other issues. He listens to everyone. Um, he takes a lot of advice and a lot of different information. Let me give you one quick thing, John. Okay, he would tell me we'd be talking about subject X. First of all, what do you think? What do you propose? You explain it to me why. Tell me every reason from the way I like it that I shouldn't do this. I want every reason. I don't even care about the reasons I should do it as much as why. And we go through everything. Tell me everyone's position. Tell me the Republicans. Tell me the Senate, the House, what could go on in um, committee. Tell me uh, the Obama administration and tell me the past Bush administration. He is very detail-oriented. He is. So, so let me ask you, uh, yeah, sure. uh, before you go, how, when was the last time you spoke to him? Last December. I mean, we, we don't have, you know, we've had a falling out. Yeah. We've had a falling out. Um, pro- professionally, I understand it. You know, yeah, I miss him. You know what I mean? He was, here he is. You know, he, you don't work for somebody. I'm but, he, but he's the big loyalty guy, and you were there at the beginning, and you were there, and you were, you were encouraging me to come out to Iowa and do these interviews and pay attention to him, and you were saying this is serious. You know, I didn't know whether or not to believe any of this. Right. Most people didn't. Nobody, and I, but, but I thought, I, I, thought, I, I thought the mere fact that he was going to Iowa and he was speaking before a big group of Christian conservatives, that was newsworthy to mm-hmm. me. That's why I went out and I did the interview. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't expecting him to run for president. I thought it was possible. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were like, this is, this is like malpractice to pay attention to him. I don't think I was treated well, but I'm, I'm voting for him. Yeah. Right? I'm voting for him because I can tell you what. What he, what he didn't do. You know, he hasn't lied about Benghazi. I think that he had to make a decision. A campaign manager and I, whatever my role was, I looked at it basically as a communications. Or, yeah. We couldn't get along. And it was his decision that the campaign manager was more important. That's his decision. That's his right. 
that that is and by the way objectively that makes sense frankly you need the operations guy oh you think he's gonna win I think he can win. I don't know right now. I think that we'll have a better idea, John, around September 1 where the race is. I think because, you know, there's a lot of factors here. Um, There are these issues that happen with the campaign, all the shootings. And then, you know, we all, you know, the nation, the national security of the world, as you know, we almost had a coup attempt in Turkey. ISIS is controlling more land than Syria. So I think, and the economy, you know, for people my age, the economy, the graduating colleges, you know, stuck with student debt, they can't get jobs. So I think he can, but I also think she has a lot of advantages. And Democrats have a lot of advantages no matter what in presidential elections because they start out with California and New York. So, but look, he can win. Look, he's a couple formulas to get to 270. He's leading in Iowa right now in private polling I've seen. He, it is almost a statistical tie in private polling I've seen in Florida. And in Ohio, he's up at least heading in, in a private poll that I saw that I trust. He was up by four points. Okay, I don't think he'll win Pennsylvania, but that's neither here nor there. And then he can win 270 if he can get Virginia, Colorado, Nevada. He can get there. So, yes, he can win. And look, I will tell you something else. Let me just say very quickly, anybody that underestimates Donald Trump is always making a mistake. Okay, so you, just just to wrap this up, he's suing you for $10 million. Right. It should be $10 billion. I don't know. And, you know and, and, you're, and you're supporting him for president. I'm supporting I will tell you, I will say one thing, though. I'm insulted it was only 10. If you're going to say I caused damages, we, you know, maybe I would have. But if you write 10 million, Mr. Trump, it's got to be 100 million, 150. <laughs> you know, that's really hurting my. Uh, <laughs> that, only, that doesn't make me look that good. I can only cause 10 million in damages. No, I think, I think it'll be resolved amicably. I think everything will be fine on that end. Uh, and, um, and you hope he gets elected president? Of course I do. Yeah, I hope he, I hope he does. Do you, hope, do, you, do you hope he drops the suit or settles the suit before he gets sworn in? I, I just hope we can – look, he doesn't need this. You know, we have 100 days out to the election. Who needs to be doing this? Mishagas, you know? All right. <laughs> Sam Nunberg, thank you very much. Thanks again to Sam Nunberg for speaking to me at the Republican National Convention. That's all for right now on Powerhouse Politics. Make sure to subscribe to our feed on iTunes and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next time.